Thanks so much for joining us on Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldenzi Dittacchio. And this is Giuliano. Welcome back. Yes. Someone's very, very happy. He thought he was smiling last week. This week, God, guy doesn't <laughs> stop smiling. Inter Milan flying high. Um, crazy match day 23 for Serie A. Some real great games there. Uh, we're also going to recap for you uh, some unfortunate games in the round of 16 for Champions League for our Italian our Italian representatives. Uh, we'll quickly recap Europa League. Here's a quick stat for you. The only Italian team to win in Europe last week and this midweek was Roma, everybody. <laughs> Not even Juventus won. What does that tell you? But we'll talk about that. Um, so a lot to talk about. Match day 23, City A. Champions League round of 16. Round of 32, Europa League. A good match day 24 coming up. Huge test for Milan. Huge. <laughs> and uh, some interesting stuff with uh, Canadian soccer as well. Um, the Olympic roster preliminary has been uh, has been announced, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So let's jump right in. It's Thursday, February the 25th, and we're excited to just jump right in and talk about match day 23. Let's yeah, talk about it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Serie A, match day 23. We begin with a surprise. Fiorentina running rampant. 3 nothing over La Spezia. Did not see this coming. No, after that, Milan went to Spezia. Yeah. They go, they win against Milan and they lose to Fiorentina, which makes no sense. But uh, Prandelli get another victory. Spezia drop, yeah. plummet in the standings. Yeah. I think now they're only two spots above relegation with this. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. That goes to show how tight it is. Um, yeah, crazy game. I think Prandelli was a bit fortunate. Castro, uh, Bonaventura got injured in the game, subbed yeah. out. Castrovilli comes in and he wins the game for Fiorentina. Pretty he much. He finally has one of the best games of the season. About time. And uh, Fiorentina with three points. Fiorentina with three points. Big bounce back for Bartolome Dragovski. Yes. Who is actually rumored uh, to be linked with Borussia Dortmund. Is he? Yeah. So. Well, they're in desperate need of a goalie. Yeah. So this could be the last season in Italy for Bartolome. But uh, great win for Fiorentina. Much needed. And uh, still, they're talking about who's coming in who's coming in next year. It's not going to be Prandelli. It sounds like they reports say that Fiorentina has met with Maurizio Sarri, talking about a takeover next year. So it uh, looks like they know that Cesare Prandelli is not the answer. Yeah, that will be, uh, that'll be interesting yeah. to see Sarri yeah. in there. Back in the swing of things. Well, he's more in tune with what's going on in football than Cesare Prandelli. Cesare Prandelli's been in the abyss for a few years. and yeah. Regardless, they need a whole bunch of new signings. They do. But you do have some positives in Vlahovic. You yeah. Know, he's playing great. Now he is. Another goal. Yeah, yeah. Now he is. So they're bouncing back from the Chiesa loss yes. at the deadline <laughs> uh, in September. But uh, congratulations to Fiorentina. Let's move on. Torino grinding out. Di Francesco's last game Our for Cagliari. What have we told everybody? This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And let me tell you something about the ownership. They didn't know what they're doing. A month ago, they gave this guy an extension. And 30 days later, he gets fired. So <laughs> he goes into a golden prison. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was a tough loss for Cagliari in this game. Torino deservedly won this game, though. And that back line again. 
and Kolu, Itzo, Bremer, showing. And Bremer again, scores the goal. Outstanding game for him. David and Nicola deserves this. Uh, he Torino undefeated since David and Nicola has come in charge. Yeah, I think that's uh, five games now on the trot. Yeah. Five draws, I think, and one win. Yeah, and now there's a separation now at the bottom with that win from Torino. Uh, I mean, now that Torino's won this game, Torino's sitting in 17th. They're five points above the drop, so five points above Cagliari. So it's going to be difficult for any team in the bottom three to get out now. Yeah, that this was a massive loss. You can see it on his face after the whistle blew. He knew. Um, and it's a game that got him sacked. You know, Davide Nicola, he knew too, as well. This was such a big game. He gave Sidigu praise, who's been being knocked down recently quite a bit because yeah. of his poor performance. And right? we've knocked him down. Yeah, too. and at the end of the game, Davide goes right to me, grabs him by the head, he shakes his head almost off his shoulders, and he's, <laughs> and he's praising him, and he's giving him kisses because he's so happy. Because uh, Sidigu, he, he made some big saves. Um, Not as big as Cranio, though. Yes, Cranio. Cranio was a lot busier. Yeah, Cranio was a lot busier. If it wasn't, uh, he made one big save, especially where he dove down to his left. Yeah. Uh, could have been, you know, yeah. even higher the score. But Torino getting the job done. Yeah. Semplici now comes in for Caleri. He was at Spal. Uh, yeah. Another coach that was on the payroll, they finally paid him out. And now he's come here. Not the greatest of records. He, no. He doesn't have much in the Serie A. It's it's a weird signing, but it, it's a signing to me that shows we're going into Serie B. Yeah, I think Cagliari know. Let's and start planning. Yeah, start planning to go into Serie B, and it's a shame because you're gonna lose all these players now. Joao Pedro's probably gone. Giovanni Simeone is probably gone. Nangolan gone. Godin gone. Rugani gone. Cranio definitely gone. I this Cagliari team is gonna be totally different. You're gonna see all these new new faces and I'm, I feel sorry for the Cagliari fans because I think you're going to be in Serie B for a while yeah what player that's gonna two players actually I'd say teams would do good picking them up Nandez yeah Uruguayan and uh and uh Marin as yeah. well the Romanian two yeah. two really good midfielders in that team um but yeah Cagliari yeah to me that signing just says listen we're done let's start yep. planning for next season Serie yeah. B and that's it I think you mentioned this I think relegation's done now I yeah. really do. Yeah, I think it's over. It's going to be impossible for these three teams at the they bottom. Look they look miserable. All three do. teams look miserable. They do. They do. It's going to take a miracle. We're not saying it's impossible, but it's going to take a miracle now to to gain some ground and hope you get some favors along the way. Yeah. And uh, the one thing I do want to say, Cagliari here not making the most of their opportunities. I mean, 18 shots total and only one of them on goal. Whereas to- Torino, on the other hand, 10 shots total, five of them on target. Uh, it was a miserable day for the front two of Zaza and Balotti. They couldn't do anything. Couldn't string anything together. Uh, single played great. Again, defense was the reason that gave Torino the edge. Defense not only shut it down against Cagliari, but they also gave the go-ahead goal yeah. for Torino. So congratulations to Torino that's a that's a huge three points and uh onward and upward for them right yes so let's move on Lazio won nothing over Sampdoria a grind a grind their sixth win in seven matches yeah um they've won every game since the turn of the new year only yeah. losing to enter and one other team which we'll get into but uh, their great form in Serie continued with uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic yeah. and Luis, the Spider-Man Alberto. 
but yeah, there's little Leva celebration as well. there. Yeah, Lucas Leva had a terrific That game. midfield totally controlled the game. They did. They uh, did. Samp had no answer to Lazio's midfield block and, nope. and their counter. They had no answer for it. Samp ended up creating chances when uh, Lazio did end up dropping back as a point of the game, and that's when Samp were a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. One instance was a, a giallo across to Quagliarella. He probably should have placed it on the ground. Instead, he crossed it at his head. Yeah. Quag's going to control it. That's really the only chance Sampdoria had. Yeah. Lazio. Yeah, they Lazio totally dominated. Yeah. The one thing I do want to say, we're going to call it Christian's goalkeeper of the match. Yeah. Uh, hands down was Emilio Darrow in this game. Uh, Emilio Darrow making some big saves. The reason why it was only one nothing was because of Emilio Darrow. Uh, fantastic game again. He continues to be solid for the Sampdoria team, but this team can't. This team couldn't do anything in front of them. No, they can see. They a couldn't goal. help them. Yeah, they can see the goal of game. They do have good defenders in this squad. Yeah, but they can't. They, this yeah. game, they couldn't get back in. No, La- no Lazio. Way. Like I said, that midfield block and counter attack that they have—that's that's their go-to tactic, and uh, it worked. It does. Here, we'll talk about what happened yeah. in the midweek because it yeah. didn't work there. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Lazio. Continuing their form in City A. Congratulations. Now let's move on to uh, Genoa Verona 2 2. What a comeback. The luckiest man in the world right now. The man in the shades. It, the, listen, the train is going to derail soon with this team. You can sense it. This guy's riding his luck now. Um, and like we've said before, he's said he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah. He, it's just all it's just all clicking together for them right now. Uh, the losses are going to start coming because they are playing very poorly. And uh, again, with a lucky goal in the final minutes to get a point. They played very poorly, and they still got a point out of it. So credit to them for that. The, unfortunately, I can't really talk about either goalkeeper here because they both played horrible. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe Perrin slightly edged out Silvestri in this game. But uh, I think it was I think it was 50-50 all the way down. It, nah. This game had a tie to me. I disagree. Verona had better goal scoring chances. They had better goal scoring chances. And go. Go ahead. Go ahead. If it wasn't for Kevin Lasagna, uh, I know this game would have been over. Yeah. That I, plug. You know what? I forgot about that. He yeah. had two clear cut chances. There was one where he he was a last man. He blew past, and it's that should be a guaranteed goal. Anybody down to Serie D is burying that. Yeah. Frick. I'm even bearing that, and I'm a goalkeeper. So, <laughs> not <laughs> he once, even, he twice. didn't even get it on net. And then he hit the post, I think, yeah. on the on the second one. Just this guy is a total waste of money, and I swear, if I see this guy on the national team, there's gonna no. You know what, Mancini's not gonna do it because he knows there's gonna be a huge uproar. Even Ivan Juric doesn't know what the hell we did buying this guy. I why did know. we buy this guy for ten mil? But why then, did we buy this guy? Why is he playing him? Lasagna is terrible. Because if you spend that money, I guarantee you he's getting pressure from management upstairs. We spent $10 million on Kevin Lasagna. You better play him. Because how does it look? You pay $10 million at the transfer deadline or transfer window to get him, and you don't play him. How does that look for yeah. Hellas Verona? He, looks terrible. He's, you know, and this just is just, you know, it's not us just speaking um, yeah. BS too. Like this guy has the worst XG conversion rate Yeah. in Europe. Yeah. The worst he misses the most clear chances. Um, it's like he sees the net and he panics. It does. I, he's 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 bad. He's yeah. so bad. Um, but that's what kept Genoa in the game. A bit of luck. A bad signing by Verona. 
you know, but Verona had some luck too. Like on the cross, uh, yeah. Ferroni scored. Paren misplayed it, you know. So it was tough. That was tough. He he got it, and he thought he, but he the way he punched it out. It, yeah, both goalies, tough. like you said, were poor. Yeah, and then Badali scores a wonder volley. Yeah. in the ninety fifth minute. That was an awesome goal. Yeah. I watched nice the goal. game. Nice goal. Yeah, it was awesome. So hey, Genoa scraping out a two two draw. Now let's move on to another draw. Sassuolo Bologna. One one. My God, lasagna. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Bologna Sassuolo. Sassuolo continuing to show to me that they're just they're they're a mid table team now. They're they're no longer they're no longer contender for a European spot. I think this is the real Sassuolo now. Even with Bologna getting the red card, a team like Sassuolo that preys on attacking, like that's their game, attacking, suffocate your opposition, having a man advantage for over half a game and only able to muster one goal. Yeah. You know, but you got to give it to Lucas Skorupski. Again. <laughs> again. This, this guy's guy. been on fire since the turn of the new year. I know. Um, the XG for Sassuolo in this game was 2.3. XG, again, is expected goals. That's what that means. Yeah. Bologna had a point four, so they weren't even supposed to get a goal in this game. Yeah. And somehow they ended up drawing. But Skorupski was a big part of it. Yep. Um, another one only one positive that comes out of it for Sassuolo is Caputo. He gets his third goal in a row. Yeah. Locatelli was their guy. Yeah. Pulling the strings in the midfield. Again, yeah, solid yeah. performance. Even the red card, though. The red card was questionable. Yeah. So, Bologna, it was I just I feel fine. for Hickey yeah. on that. That shouldn't have been a red card. It was a soft red card. The Zerbi even said after the game that was the wrong call yeah. to give. Um, and shout out to uh, Sumaro as well. He made a huge interception, game-winning pass. He intercepted it, prevented the goal from happening. He played a big part in getting this point here. Yeah. Along with Skorupski. So, good team performance by them. Yeah, absolutely. And 1-1 uh, for Sassuolo. You just can't help but f- wonder what's going to happen with Sassuolo next year because I think this team's going to be picked apart. I think Locatelli's gone. Barardi's gone. Caputo might stay. The Zerbi's gone. The Zerbi's gone. I, I think this team, this is as, be- as good as it's going to get for them, unfortunately. So, 1-1. Sassuolo-Bologna on to another draw. Parma-Udinese 2-2. In this game, I feel for Parma because Parma created more goal-scoring chances. They should have ran away with this game, but for some reason, Udinese snuck back in. Yeah, Udinese. <laughs> of all teams, a team you would think would struggle when yeah, they go behind. Yeah, down to nothing. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, uh, Parma got it wrong again. Cornelius scored his first goal and in... in uh, since first goal this season, since the end of last season, yeah, that was the last time he scored on the last match on the last match day. Almost grabbed two. Musso made an amazing save off him. Yeah, and then Mihaila wins a penalty to make it two 0 and then they just fell apart. Fell apart. DePaul beautiful pass to Kaka to make it two one. Yeah, and then in the last ten minutes of play, another set piece. I think DePaul took it again. Nointik Nointik nods it in. Yeah. And basically assures up, shores up Parma's misery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have not won since late November, Parma. Not looking good. No. Kraus, uh, I think, just getting accepted on uh, building a new stadium yeah. in the region. He yeah. says it's going to happen regardless if they get relegated or not, uh, which is good to see. Yeah, I think they're going to plan. A s- they're planning probably for Serie B now and then bouncing back, I think. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. What a shame. Because Parma recently, if anyone didn't know, they went bankrupt, started from the bottom, 
came back all the way. way came all the way back, and now they're going back down. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. It is a shame. With that roster they have, they shouldn't be in this position. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say what's going wrong. I, you can only blame the coaches for so long. At some point, yeah. the players got to take onus. Guys like Cornelius should not be scoring their first goal of the no. season in February. No. That's just embarrassing. Still waiting to see Graziano Pelle, too. Yeah, I mean, watch him not even play a minute this yeah. season. So let, now that we got all those games out of the way, let's get on to the Milan Derby. I told you guys Inter was going to win. Not even Giuliano believed it. I had a tie. I was playing it safe. Yeah. Milan, yeah. I have been calling this for a while. We knew Milan was going to drop yeah. off. They couldn't sustain this form forever. And I mentioned in the last po- podcast, Pioli has to reinvent this team. Yeah, they're the same. They're the same. They only know how to play one way. Mm-hmm. And this is a theme I'm going to come back to later on the podcast. But Milan only know how to play one way. And they're, I mean, they've been found out. It's as simple as that. It's a bit of they've been found out. Players are out of form. Uh, a big change that I mentioned with Conte, how he's reinvented this team, is Ericsson dropping into that midfield has yep. made such a difference. Absolutely. It doesn't, you know, his, it doesn't look like he does a lot because he doesn't do a lot of running. He doesn't do, he's not attractive on the eye. But yeah. in the final third, this man is so de- decisive. When he gets the ball, he takes just a split second. If anyone watches him, he takes a split second especially on the uh, Perisic setup for Lautaro. He takes that split second, sucks in, I think it was Calabria, and then releases the ball. Now, it sounds so simple, but that's what Eriksson provides in this team. He He's able to draw players and then release yep. the ball at the perfect time. It's all about timing, and he does it better than any midfielder in, in the Inter team. Him being dropped into that midfield now, uh, Conte having a change of heart with him, has completely changed the dynamic of that midfield for the better. Perisic as well. He has taken Ashley Young out of the left back position. Yes, he's done well. Which is huge. In on two goals. Yeah, in on two goals. Listen, Ashley Young, he's been a good uh, player for Inter, but there's things lacking in his game the speed. Yeah. He's been caught out too many times defensively. He provides more so in the final third, but it's predictable. It's cut in, cross, right foot, all the same, you know, the same thing all the time. Pedisic. He used to be very predictable, one-dimensional, too. He'd do his little stepovers, cut in, and shoot with his right foot as well. Or, you know, not effective whatsoever. But now he's added the defensive side to his game. It looks like he's taken Conte's advice to heart. He's really stepped it up. One of the best players on the pitch in this match. Yeah. And uh, Do you want to talk about one of the best players phenomenal. on the pitch on the match? Yes. Samir Handanovic. Really? Again, he Holy played. smokes. Where did the, where has this guy been? This he was, is, he was, that was his best game in the season, hands down. Yeah. That's the, one, that's the one thing I'll give Milan. He took Donnarumma to school. Yeah, he did. In this game. He did. Surprising. Uh, if it wasn't for Handanovic, I do believe Milan would have walked away with some sort of result in yep. this game. Milan, so interdominated for the entire game, except for the first 10, 15 minutes in the second half. Handanovic made three world-class saves. Massive. Massive. Uh, two on Ibra, one on Tonali. Yeah. Beautiful saves. I recommend people watch them. Yeah, the goalkeeping was spectacular, and Inter with beautiful timing. That Eriksson to to Perisic to Lautaro, when Milan was playing their best in the game, they come back and just get a goal on them, and that's so demoralizing. They destroyed the Milan spirits after that second goal, and it was game over after that. Yeah, Dukaku just went off, scored a thunderbolt to make it three 0 Celebrates by yelling Dio and swearing at you know to to mock Zatan. 
yeah. because of the last uh, thing that happened between them. But uh, great game by Inter. Milan yeah. had no answer. None. The big question is, what happens to Milan now? Milan under probably their worst run of first form. I mean, in their past three games, Europa League and uh, City out together, they're two losses and a draw. And two of those three games, they should have walked away with a win comfortably. Mm-hmm. This is the one game they should have struggled against. And it's they've struggled in all three. And it is... We talk, Listen, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. We've talked about it throughout the podcasts. There are coaches that could bring you to a certain level, and then there are coaches that win you championships and bring you to the next level. And we've never been convinced that Stefano Pioli is the guy to win you championships. He's not. And I think it's starting to show. Milan, the blueprint on how to beat this AC Milan team is out there. It's been out there for a while. And all these teams are using the blueprint. And guess what? Milan struggling. Milan can't adapt. They're running into the same problems that Inter ran into earlier in the season. You only have one way. You don't have a plan B. Exactly. Right? That, that, and that was a big thing. You got to yeah. become unpredictable. Yeah. Before, it was always boot the ball up to Lukaku, and yeah. he's got to do a 1-2 with Lautaro as a midfield partner and get a goal. That's the only way they could score. Now, yeah. they got more strengths of the ball. You have Hakimi. Yeah. You have Eriksson that can make a killer pass. Yeah. You have uh, Perisic now, who's another, yeah. you know, outlet. Lautaro, too, he's on the form of his life. So now you have three, four ways of scoring goals. Now That's it's right. not just one guy. And that makes such a difference. For Milan, it's it's got to go through Zlatan. It yeah. has to. That's that's where I think they're Pioli... So, they're so single-minded. They are. He made such a mistake starting Kalinoglu behind Zlatan in this game. And Rebic, uh, too. And Rebic on the left, it's okay, but I, I, Liao should have started for me. Hundred percent, he should have started. Zatan. I was surprised he didn't. Kanalogu, uh, he either should have been on the left or right. Salamaka yeah. shouldn't have been on. Rebic could have started on either the left or right. Kalinoglu yeah. needed more space on the wings to take advantage of the gaps left behind by Perisic and Hakimi. I think Pioli, yeah, he's, he's getting his tactics wrong. He is getting his tactics wrong, and I have to say, Sandro Tonali again overwhelmed in the midfield yeah he's young overwhelmed i don't think he's the answer in these kind of games right now he's got a lot of potential he's got a lot of time to grow sandro tonali is not a game changer in the midfield i know people out there think he is not yet he's got a lot to prove and unfortunately a bad game for pk kessie but uh <laughs> didn't get his penalty but uh yeah that's where the gaps are the gaps are right in the midfield for this milan team this defense starting to show there's a lot of kinks in this defensive armor here for AC Milan now. Yeah, Kyer can't hold, you know, Kyer can't carry them anymore. Romagnoli, since he's come back, Milan haven't been playing great. No. So is it time no. to drop your captain, Romagnoli? I think I, you got you to gotta think about that because look at the – I would rather run with Kalulu and I would even – I would even give Tamori a chance. Over Romagnoli. Yeah. I know it's crazy to say, but... I'm with those guys. He's Romagnoli, your captain's arguably arguably been the worst defender of the yeah. four. Yeah. And when he went down and Kalulu stepped in, Kalulu was, was decent. Yeah. He stepped in. He actually played really well with Kiara, right? Yeah. And uh, Tamori, this is another kid that has so much potential. You got to get the most out of him. You can get the most out of this kid. He's got... I think he's got a bigger upside than Alessio Romagnoli, and I know that's saying a lot, but it's the truth. 
Milan, a lot yeah. of work to do. Pioli needs to revamp himself. Yeah, and it's not going to get easier. I mean, they got a big game today against Red Star, and then they got Roma on the weekend. Who they drew. Who they drew, which two, we'll talk two. about. Yeah, Yeah, we'll talk about briefly. And, and then they got Roma on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, for us, we're happy that Milan's got this form because depth-wise, we're not doing so well in the center-back position. We'll talk about that all later. But, yeah, it doesn't get easier for Milan now. No. So, anyway, let's move on. Atalanta. Napoli. See, I expected this. Me okay. too. I Me expected too. this. The thing I did not expect was De Laurentiis backing up General Gattuso after this game. That shocked me. What did he say? He backed up Gattuso. This is Gattuso's team, and we're behind him. He, that's that's uh, I don't know if that's backing him up. This is Gattuso's team. De Laurentiis, he's taking no responsibility for this team that he's helped to build. I don't know, man. So I, that, I've never heard De Laurentiis say that. That's about him handing Gattuso. off. I've never. I don't I've, know. I've never heard that um, from to, De to me. That's him blaming Gattuso. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> this is your team. That's why we're losing, not because of me and my. Uh, but what do we? Say. What do we got to say? Atalanta. They dummied them. <laughs> <laughs> they did spectacular again. Yeah. Again, Romero, Jamisti, Toloi played well. Played well. Played well. We'll talk about that game and coming up but uh yeah they played great muriel gosen zapata muriel muriel's like, been unreal yeah unreal Zielinski, you know to talk about a positive he scored a wonder goal overhead yeah. volley beautiful yeah. beautiful beautiful yeah. and it was so beautiful gattuso goes and eye gouges rahamani after for the sally and after that eye gouge i think that affected his game because then they conceded not you know two three four they're just... Uh, they're a mess. They're a mess. And like you said, Lorenzo Insigne comes on and can't do anything. The guy the guy's not... Uh, no. He's not it for Napoli. No, Let's just not. put it that the way. The fact that he didn't start this game is a statement. Yeah, I don't know if he was coming off some type of injury or something. Doesn't matter. But That's your captain. This is a massive game. I don't care if he's at 50% or if he's at 100%. He's starting this game. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, so Z- Zapata Gosens again. Uh, this guy has been one of the best players in City. Uh, the German, yeah. been phenomenal. He had a great performance here. Muriel, who we mentioned, he turned Rahamani inside out. Yeah, uh, scored a wonder goal with his foot top corner, and then Oziman, bit of a scare uh, in this game. He hit his head on the ground, lost consciousness. Yeah, rushed to the hospital. Uh, he does seem to be fine now. But not looking good. No press conferences uh, post-game. Gattuso, they did a blackout with the media. Yep, pissed. He's very pissed. We'll see how they respond uh, today with the Europa League match. but Which doesn't look good either. Not looking good in Napoli land right now. No, no, definitely not. But uh, big win for Atalanta. No surprise. Let's move on to this next game. Benevento, Milan, 0-0. Benevento going down a man, and Roma still not able to to capitalize. I'm not going to give any excuses to this Roma team. Depleted massively uh, defensively. Had to bring Fazio back. He's been frozen out of the squad. We've had to bring him back. Uh, He actually put in a pretty good performance, so congrats to Federico Fazio. Paolo Lopez, uh, a good performance here. The defense played well. The goals weren't coming, and it goes to show you how important Ibanez is to the squad. If you're not moving the ball from the back. You know, I've had a soft spot for that guy all season. Although he's had bad performances against 
you know some of the more bigger opponents he is such a vital component to to Roma's attack the way he spreads the ball around the field he is the difference maker he gets the most touches every game Roma play and uh this game this was a huge miss it is a huge miss. It's the a only huge miss. the only center back I think that was healthy for the game was Mancini, Mancini right? That's it. Yeah, no Cristante, uh, no Cambula, no Ibanez. It's just a depleted squad, and we got the Camel Gleek, two yellows to convert to a red. Should have capitalized there. There was a possible penalty at the end. But when they looked at it on VAR, they found, I think it was Zeko or somebody that was offside. So it's like, oh, he was already offside. So, yeah, no Jack, penalty. Jekyll, Jekyll the plug, not moving those legs. No, I mean, <laughs> and it's frustrating. I mean, I got to give Paulo Fonseca, I got to try and give Paulo Fonseca credit because he tried. He tried to inspire. Like, I mean, he brought on Pedro. He brought on Zeko. He, he brought on all any attacking option he could. Yeah, uh, for this team, and they still couldn't do it. But but to credit to Benevento, they literally put a wall in that 18-yard box, and it was almost impossible to get through. Yeah, like uh, I, ju- I just want to bring it back to Banyas again. The difference with him, so if you want to say who took the most touches in the Roma side, it was Gonzalo Villar yeah. and, uh, and Leonardo Spinazzola. Yeah. Those were the two players with the most touches. Moving it. That's not normal for them. They don't normally play from the middle. It's no. always... From, from the, the back, back. Uh, which draws the other team out, allowing them to find space to exploit. Uh, and that was the big difference here. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a missed opportunity. I mean, luckily for us, some favors happened yeah. around us. But yeah, it's it's not looking good. The only real positive spot I want to say it was great to see Al Shadawi back. He came in. He came in for the few minutes that he did. He actually looked really good. He looked, he looked good. dangerous as soon as he came on. Cutting in, was getting into the 18-yard box. Uh, there was a goal line clearance at the end, too. And it's like, oh, it was frustrating to watch. But uh, Yeah, one of those games. One of those games, but it doesn't get easier for Roma. So, uh, big game this weekend and a big game today against Braga. With the lead that we have, we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, should be routine for us. But, uh, okay, let's move on to the final game. Juventus. Juventus. 3 nothing. No surprise. Yeah, Ronaldo getting two goals, scoring them in regular play. Yeah, uh, no penalties. McKenny <laughs> scoring. I mean, not much to say here. Routine. Yeah, Great was, to see G. Joe and that. Yeah, it was a good rebound game f- uh, for them uh, yeah. after the Champions League result. Ronaldo, yeah, getting his two goals. Pirlo, this guy's got to figure something out. This team has to stop relying on Ronaldo. They can't just play when Ronaldo decides to show up for a game. That's the only thing I had to say about Pirlo. Isn't isn't that how every team that has Ronaldo has been? No. Real Madrid was good. They won three back-to-back Champions Leagues because they had a great midfield in there. They had Cruz, Modric, you're still around, Casemiro. You had one of the best center backs, Sergio Ramos. But you don't have that here. I know you don't have that here. (laughs) Sorry to say, Juve fans, you don't have that here. Which I want to talk about teams having to reinvent themselves. But regardless... Even in this game, the midfield wasn't creative. No. I don't know if that comes down to Pirlo's tactics, the player selection. Ramsey was the only one that was kind of creative. Yeah. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Easy win for Juve. Not much to talk about. No. The uh, Ronaldo show again. Two towering headers. So let's move on to Champions League. Uh, Well, 
we'll run down the I know we didn't cover the last two games of uh, the last midweek, so we'll just briefly talk about them. Dortmund three to two over Sevilla. Bit of a surprise. Bit of a surprise. The Spanish team's doing horrendous. There's yeah. only been one other league that's been worse than yeah. the La Liga teams. Uh, that's our league. Hint, hint. Uh, Borussia putting it together because they haven't been good in in uh, the Bundesliga. No. Nope. Holland coming off with a crazy game again. Yep. Uh, and they just beat Sevilla at their own game. Sevilla, very shocked at this result, to be and honest. And they lost at home. So that's three away yeah. goals for Dortmund. So not looking good for them. But no. But big win by Dortmund. Yeah, still, still all to play for. Another surprise, Porto. Not a surprise for me. Not a surprise for you. Say. I know. I so knew Porto uh, winning two to one over Juve. Ronaldo obviously complaining that he should have had a penalty. One of many complaints by the Italian teams. Uh, yeah, which we'll get into. This was the first one. Well, yeah. yeah, this was the first one. The ref not calling a penalty. Garde Grande, sorry, his name was the Spanish ref. Yeah. Maybe he knows Ronaldo's antics from La Liga, maybe. I'm sure he does. But uh, there was debate whether he was falling down or, you know, does that matter because the, the defender ran right into him? It doesn't matter. The ref didn't call it a penalty. And Juve lost to Porto. Yeah. 2-1. Lucky to get a that goal. That away goal, yeah. That away goal was huge. Chiesa, right? I've never seen this in my life. Juve conceded. A goal, I think, in the, in the first minute of the first half. And then they see, conceded a second goal in the first minute of the second half. Yeah. Remember how I always say, if you concede in the first five minutes, that's a total lack of professionalism. It is. Not once it happened, but twice yeah. it happened. It's awful. Uh, and this happened with the grande capitano, Chiellini yeah. on the field, too. Uh, the first goal. The, it, now, it wasn't his fault. Maybe he could have shouted for Bentancourt not to make that stupid pass. But on the second goal, I don't know what happened. Delict. I forget who else was on. Alexandro, I think. Uh, and there was two other players. It, it was There was a beautiful image. It was four players surrounding uh, the one Porto player. And they yeah. just crosses it right across the Magara, and he just slots it in to make yeah. it 2-0. No. Uh, Porto didn't do much. Sergio Conchichao's team uh, obviously did their homework, studied Juve's weaknesses, yeah. knew when to press, when to hold back, yeah. very calculated their approach. This is my thing with Juve, which I've said this is the theme today. You got to reinvent yourself. Pirlo, I honestly don't, th- I give him praise. I don't give him praise. I, you know, I keep giving yeah. it and taking it back. I'm taking it back again. This guy, honestly, I don't believe he knows what he's doing. I don't think he knows what he's doing. His only play is defenders are the playmakers, your wingers and your forwards. All they do is run behind the defenders. That's it. That's all he knows how to do. The midfield, they play with no system. They don't play possession, nothing. I don't know how you don't start Artur against a team that's going to sit back against you. Mm-hmm. Instead, you play two guys that are number eights who run back and forth, mm-hmm. do a lot of hard running, but they don't do much playmaking. Rabiot and uh, his midfield part of Bentancourt, they were horrendous this game. Yeah, They've been right. horrendous pretty much the entire season. Bentancourt, I think, had a little bit better of a season. But they have not been good. And Pirlo has to reinvent this team. He has to come up with something in the midfield. You got to either change the system, drop Ramsey in a 10, play our tour. You got to do something. Get the Bala back on the field. Because when teams sit back, Juve's missing that player. Dybala was the answer yeah. last year that can unlock a defense. Ronaldo yeah. is not the answer to unlocking a defense. No. He's the end product of that. Yeah. Ronaldo should not be your most creative player on the field. Um, so. I think that's why Juve's been struggling in in uh, in in Champions League. 
they have to reinvent themselves, especially against teams like Porto. What exactly. do you think about this game? Yeah. Um, I, at the end of the day, I just I just think Juve's going to bounce back in the second leg. They're at home. They got the away goal. This win does, this win's not as it's not as surprising. It's not as surprising, and it's nothing to worry about, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like I said, I thought they would drop uh, away, and I thought they would win. And I, my prediction was they would come out of this round of 16 tie, but yeah. I knew it would be difficult for them because uh, they never make it easy against teams like this. No, they don't. They don't. But they know that Porto's going to sit back, and they got to press, right, in the next game. So Yeah, so... Maybe Artur makes his appearance. Yes, Pirlo has to do something. Yeah. He has to change something. Absolutely. But, but uh, that game... Yeah. And then we'll round off the other two Champions League games quick. Four? You mean the four? Or the four, yeah. So let's yeah. let's hammer them off quick. So Chelsea, big one nothing win against Atletico Madrid. Well-deserved. Yes. Well-deserved. Tuchel's first real test. Yeah. That was very well-deserved. Against the La Liga leaders, not even a shot on net. Yeah. Luis Suarez diving around like a little... I don't even want to finish that. <laughs> Fill in the blank yourself. I cannot stand Luis Suarez yeah. uh, ever since he bit Chiellini, the vampire. I know. Yeah. Big win. Big win for Chelsea. Let's round off the other one real quick. Manchester City, 2-0 over Gladbach. No surprise. Cakewalk. Cakewalk. Now, let's move on to Bayern Lazio. More controversy in this game. Okay. Call it what you want. Go ahead. I'll let you, the floor is yours. So this is just from Simone Inzaghi and the rest of City A. When they were down 1-0 from that terrible Musacchio back pass, I don't know why they even signed this B player for Milan. That's why Lazio stinks right now and when they play in Champions League because they are playing these these B-rated defenders such as Patrick and Musacchio in one of the biggest games. I know they have a lot of injuries, but that's their downfall number one. Simone and Zaghi got wrong. But the big controversy was the penalty. Jerome Boateng trips uh, Savic in the box. The ref calls play, uh, doesn't call it. It could have been a 1-1 tie, and uh, Lazio maybe would have had a chance, but then they go shoot themselves in the foot another two times, gifting Bayern Munich another two goals. Um, that's kind of how I saw the game. What did yeah. you think? Uh, I think regardless if you award that penalty or not, Bayern totally dominated and destroyed Lazio. Mm -hmm. Bayern Munich, even though they struggled against Tigres in the World Club Championship game, this is the best team, best club team on the planet. This is the team to beat. You want to be up there, you got to beat this team. And it's they're making it almost impossible, and they thoroughly deserve this game. Lazio got it all wrong. Lazio, you would think, would play a sound game, playing their style. No. Bayern Munich is just a class or two above them. And, uh, I mean, I feel bad for Acerbi getting a little goal. This is probably his worst game of the season. Uh, but his, like I said, his partners. I know defense, Patrick and Musacchio. They're, they're not tough. good players. They're not good it's players. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, but then you know you got look at who you're playing. Look who you're up against, right? Uh, Robert Lewandowski getting a goal, the third highest scorer in Champions League history with 72. He passes Raúl González with 71, and he's obviously behind Ronaldo and Messi that have like 130 and 120 something, yeah. but the end of the day how many of those were penalties that they scored <laughs> so no i'm serious i'm serious so it's a different era that's for it's sure. a different area it's the era of the penalty and see this is the thing that this is the thing that i'll, I'll t we'll talk about with juve and we'll talk about with lazio about the penalties controversy because i got something to say about the next game too but it's the other way around so you want to bring it up after that game uh 
Okay, if you want. Or do you want to bring it up now? Let's do it right bring now. Bring it now. Bring let's it do, now. Let's do it let's right go. now. Let's okay, go. this is the thing. Juve and Lazio, what are you guys playing for? You guys are playing for penalties. Because if that was Serie A, yeah, that probably would have been penalties. Soccer, football, calcio is not one from 12 yards out. It is one on the field in 90 minutes. I hate penalties. Penalties are huge difference makers, and they shouldn't be. Unless it's clear cut. And it wasn't. Lazio got dominated for 90 minutes on the field. They deserved to lose that game. Juve did not play well for 90 minutes on the field. They deserved to lose that game. So stop being a bunch of pansies and play the game. Stop flopping around in the 18-yard box. Stop going in so lightly. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I can't stand it. I'm a I'm a huge 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 fan of winning the ball, winning the game on the field. These two teams did not want to win the game on the field. They wanted to win the game in the 18-yard box from 12 yards from the spot. Whether Lazio gets that penalty or not, they got totally dominated. I can't believe I gave them credit and gave them a chance to get this Bayern Munich team. And I'm not going to lie to you. Even though I wanted Lazio to do something, I enjoyed every single minute of that Bayern domination <laughs> being a Roma fan. So one, one thing I'll say about that match as well, which surprised me, Simone Inzaghi got it wrong. Totally I don't wrong. know why he's totally trying to play wrong. out of the back with – Okay, Cherby – Because he's nuts. He's okay with the feet. But Musacchio, terrible. With the ball. Patrick, yep. terrible with the ball. Pepe Reina, not convincing with the ball. You don't have a midfielder that drops back to really recycle possession. Nope. Lucas Leiva really doesn't do that. Milikovic Savage doesn't do it. Luis Alberto doesn't do that. You have no players that know how to play it out from the back well. Yep. And he insists on playing out from the back. to Right into Bayern's hands where they, they love to counter press. That is their game. High press. Crazy. And that ba- and they water the pitch so heavily that Musacchio's back pass <laughs> got waterlogged and couldn't yeah. make it back. Yeah. It's like they shot themselves in the foot this game. I do think Lazio is a lot better than what they show. I really thought they had a chance. And, I, you know, and they just completely blew it from the yeah. field staff to the management. Yeah. He got everything wrong. And if you think you're going to see. Gifts. If you think you're going to see a miracle like you saw Roma-Barca a couple years ago, you're no. not seeing this against Bayern Munich, no, Lazio. This, you're not seeing that. Yes. This Sorry. Is, this is the best team in Europe. You cannot be gifting nope. the best team in Europe goals. you got to no make chance. them fight for it. And they gave them. Here you go. Focus on the City on now. Focus on your top four. I'm sorry to say. I know it sounds like you're giving up, but you should against this team. Run your B team or your C team in that second leg. And just focus on the city. Yeah, that's what I would do if I was Simone Inzaghi. You got to admit defeat at this point. Uh, now let's move on. To the last one, right? <laughs> yeah, this is the last one. Okay. Real Madrid Atlanta. Now I have something to say about refereeing. Okay. German ref. So this- it wasn't enough. The Germans smashed the Roman team the yeah. day before. The German ref. Wanted to smash another Italian team yeah. today. So for those of you that are listening and you haven't seen it, go watch the Atalanta Real Madrid highlights and check out the red card in the 17th minute that was issued to Freuler on Vinicius. It's not a red card. It's not a red card. You didn't look at VAR. You didn't look at anything. And you just issued him a red card. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. No questions, no doubts. That's ridiculous. 
That is absolutely ridiculous in a game like that. Ridiculous. That is a joke, and that goes to show the political pull that Real Madrid has in this in this league, in this Champions League, in this tournament. It's it's a joke. I'm sorry. You. This is why VAR is so inconsistent, and VAR pisses me off. You have a tool like VAR, so they use VAR when they want to, and they don't look at VAR when they don't want to. No, you either look at it every single time, or you get it totally out of the game. And now you get it totally out of the game. We're having more inconsistent games with VAR in the picture than we've ever had in the history yeah, of the sport. It's caused more controversy. Maybe if Juve and Lazio in those two games were wearing white jerseys, they probably would have got penalties. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> but but that red card, yeah, it was com- that, no. there was one image. That's not a red card. There was one image I saw on Twitter. I, I loved it. It was Christian Romero. He was at least... Okay, he was on yeah. the opposite side of the goal net. But he was coming. But he, oh, he's coming. He's, he's one of the coming. fastest players in City. Huh? Yeah. He's, he, you can tell he's running for the far post yeah. to cover the far post. Galini is coming out to play the angle for the near post. Romero, he is ahead of the play. Yeah. Although he's a bit wide, but not that wide. Not, you know, like yeah. on the touchline. He's ahead of both. Yeah. Rom- Red, uh, Freuler yeah. and Vinicius, whoever it was. Yeah. Ahead of them both. Yeah. Mendy or Vinicius, whatever, he's kicking it slightly to the left. It looks like to either cross the it's ball. It's not a goal scoring chance. Or maybe do a near it's post. It's not shot. a goal scoring it chance. It isn't a goal scoring chance. That was a complete joke. The only people that think it's a goal scoring chance are Real Madrid fans. Yeah. And maybe people that officiate for a living to back up a uh, thing. No, 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 no. But <laughs> not even that. That not was even a joke that. of a call. Because there's comments out there that people, that Gasparini made, and he's like, people that have never played the game shouldn't be referees. <laughs> oh, I know. I want to. <laughs> I agree with them. Tell me what else you think, because I wanna I wanna read out his quote. That quote yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I mean, this is a, I, I'm I'm very angry about this, because Real Madrid, and you know what? It was going towards a draw. This goes to show you how poor Real Madrid is this year. They struggled. They almost had a whole game with a man advantage, and it took the 86th minute to get a crucial away goal. Doesn't matter. I think Atalanta's gonna smash you on the way back. Yeah, the uh, in the second leg, Atalanta's going to smash Real Madrid. Is any team that can score multiple goals, Atalanta's Atalanta. one of them. And so, it was so bad, Capello even said. Yeah. Uh, but this is what Gasparini had to say about the game. Go for uh, it. Verbatim, he goes, The game was ruined last season after absolute chaos. The handball rule was sorted out. Now we have the uh, temptation to remove any form of contact in football, and that is suicide for the sport. I just got banned for... Saying something in City. If I say something now, then UEFA will ban me for a month. But this is football suicide. We cannot have referees who've never played the game and don't know the difference between a challenge and a foul. I love that right there. Yeah. What he just said. Yeah. If they can't tell the difference, then they ought to go and get a different job, frankly. They should get people who played football to referee instead. Referees also have video replays now. They have everything needed to judge. And yet, even with replays, they get it wrong. You wait for so long. You wait so long for this event, and then it gets ruined. We might have lost anyway. I'm not complaining about the result, but we at least could have played our game. Yeah, and hands uh, down. And that's what he said. He was very frustrated. Yeah. Ref changed the game. Ref totally changed this the game. Is, this is what we talk about all the time. And the then at the same time, there could have been a second yellow issued on Real Madrid to go a man down, yeah, except man. it's a talking to. That, that's that's the Where's thing. Where's the consistency? So Casemiro, a serial diver and serial <laughs> fouler. This guy yeah. does like 10 fouls a game. Yeah. Somehow never gets a red. Uh, yeah, he falls down easily in the box. 
enough that the ref has to approach him and tell him, don't, diving. don't do it again. <laughs> but it's either it's a penalty for a foul or it's a dive. Yeah. So call it one or the other. You yeah. just don't go give him a talking to when he's on the yellow. Give him the red. Yeah. Like the refereeing, it, it's a joke. On big teams, psychologically, psychologically do get favoritism. They do. It's unquestionable. They do. They do. Uh, just because naturally we think they should be better. Yeah. Than their than their opponent. Yeah. Um. Refereeing, I don't know. Refereeing in the modern game is a joke. It and is it, a joke. It needs to be assessed. Big you know. Time. You know what the players do. You know what the good players do. The good players in professional soccer these days they don't play the game they play the ref they 100%. play the ref that's what they do guys like casemiro guys like vinicius vinicius you're garbage man mohammed the Salah. second he went down he's laughing he's smiling he's clapping because he got he got the uh, foiler red card mohammed salah he's one of the very few guys who can get tugged back he gets tugged backwards but somehow falls forward I, yeah. it boggles my mind yeah how how do you fall forward when know. you get pulled backwards but know. salah I'm sorry. The, sorry the, for the Liverpool fans, but yeah, the, he's known to the fall game over. is so soft now. But it's true. It happened. It happened back ten years ago. Inter versus Barcelona in their heyday when they yeah. beat them in that semifinal. Sergio Busquets. That was like the the turning page. Busquets got the hand in the face by Thiago Motta, and yeah. Busquets is rolling on the ground. He opens up his fingers to see if he's getting see something, it, and he's laughing, and it's yeah. and it's all caught on camera. It's like that's give, when it started. Give, give that's when break. the nonsense started. Yeah, but. Uh, Atalanta, out of the kindness of their heart, serving Real Madrid dinner after the game. Hopefully, hopefully they gave him friggin' leftovers from a week ago. Uh, <laughs> no, I, maybe the ref they should have gave leftovers from a week ago. When Mendy scored that goal, you could see Zidane smiling, and I tell you, Zidane knows that was a smile of relief. That's what that was. Yeah, Zidane. Zidane knows he got away. He got away with one. Here, he knows. Hundred percent. Yeah, he knows it. Real Madrid did nothing all game. They didn't. That was really their only chance. Yeah, uh, and I'm telling you, if there's a team that's gonna bounce back, Atlanta can do it. They score four goals a game almost in the city. Yeah, it seems. I'll tell you right now, knowing how pissed off Gasparini is, knowing how pissed off Atlanta feel about this game, they got this game, they got this day circled on their calendar because they're gonna go make a statement in Madrid. Yeah. Sorry. You, you go for it and hammer them. Yeah. On the downside, for Atlanta. Zapata with a bit of an injury, but yeah, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Yeah, but let's move on. Europa yeah. League, we'll run over these quick. Yeah, let's move on. Let's to talk Europa about League. your team first. The only team in Italy to win. La Roma, everybody. La Roma. La Roma. Giuliano to give him a chance in Braga. We took care of it. I Do thought nothing. a draw, a draw or something, but we they took did care good. of it. They took care. Don't of it. Don't worry about it. Now we go home. We got a home game today. Up, got two away goals. Listen, guys, please don't blow it. <laughs> That's the only won't. thing they're, I worry about. They're coasting. There's nothing to worry I know. about. Focus on the game on the weekend. So, But the other two, Shemanids, yeah. had dropped points here. Napoli Losing and 2 Milan. Losing 2-0 to Grada, Granada. One of the worst teams in La Liga. They were so injury-riddled, yeah. Granada. Yeah. They still somehow beat Napoli. I know Napoli was injury-riddled too, but come on, Napoli. You're playing Granada, who is almost at the, I think, mid to bottom yeah. of the La Liga table. You are one of the top teams in Italy, Napoli, and you drop yeah. 2 0 to this team. Well, if it gets even worse, got Mi- Milan. Yeah, Red, so Red this was Star. a team I gave credit. Red yeah. Star Belgrade. Stankovic is the coach. Uh, not the prettiest of teams, but they no. play hard. They play great, like they great Canadian goalkeeper, Milan Borjan, yes. making some big stops in this game. Yes. Uh, uh, 
and Red Star gifting Milan a goal with a Penkov on goal. Yeah. But uh, Milan have the advantage, even though it was a two-two draw. Yeah. We have to give them that because it wasn't Reds in uh, Serbia. Still though, this should have been a walk for won. Milan, and it wasn't. Should have won. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Milan today. Milan, no, they well they got the advantage right now. They could potentially sit back. Some other big games. Uh, I, this was surprising to me. Shout out to Mike Cottis and his team, Olympiacos, for winning four to two against PSV. <laughs> Eindhoven, uh, that was a surprise. Tottenham going to work, winning four to one. Uh, Manchester United statement against Sociedad for nothing. Big upset here. Young boys beating Bayern oh, Leverkusen four to three. That was a crazy game. That was nuts, that was man. That was game. probably the most exciting game. Young that bo- and then hold on, I gotta shout out this team, my boy Pete Young, and his Rangers winning four to three. That was an exciting game too. That was. That was a big exciting game uh over Antwerp and Stevie G and the Rangers with the advantage going and possibly go, making it into the round of 16. What a story for this team that had to start from the bottom in the Scottish tier and work their way up back to prominence and they're back. And they won their first title in uh yeah. going to win their first title. Yeah, they're going to win. Tottenham, Tottenham knockout Wolfsburger 8-1 on aggregate. Yep. They played yesterday they uh played yeah, the surprise team for me though, under the radar. I'm telling you, some of the best talent in the next decade are coming from this team. Keep an eye on some of the players. Orsic is one of them. Dianamo Zagreb. They yeah. he, they have three outstanding players. I haven't seen players like this in a long time. They, I think three generational players on this team. Dianamo Zagreb. They won three two against Krasnodar. Keep an eye on these guys. They look like street footballers. They are fantastic yeah. players. Dynamo wins. A team to look out for. I think, did you mention Man U beat yeah. Real Sociedad? That was surprising, actually. That was a statement. Statement win. Leo dropped points. Uh, Jonathan David, are Canadian. Yeah. Uh, couldn't score in this game. Ajax, smash and grab. They yeah. scored last second in this game. Hoffenheim, surprisingly. Drawed a mold from Norway. What happened there? Yeah. And uh, Benfica and Arsenal holding Pat at 1-1. Yeah. Like so, some, there's some exciting ties here. Yeah, there is. And and they all play again uh, today. Today, So we'll be able to tell you who they draw in the next matches and we'll review those. So this is my big question for you, Christian. Go for it. Is City uh, the worst league in Europe out of the big five? Yes. You agree to that? Yeah, I do. You think City I has do. the worst? Yeah, I do. I why, do. I, why, why is this happening? Because... Why it, can't we be successful in Champions League? Because they don't take it. The only team that takes the, the Champions League seriously are Atalanta right now and Juventus. Those are the no, only teams that I care. I disagree. No. We, I, we can't say Lazio don't take it seriously. They don't. We can't say they, Inter did not take they, it seriously. Inter did not take it seriously. They did. They didn't. They I didn't watched take every minute of Inter. They took no. every game seriously. They no. were not good enough no to way. win. No way. No way. There's. I think it's a mentality thing. What do you mean by not taking it seriously, though? This has been historic. This has been historic. UEFA Cup, UEFA Champions League. This goes back decades. For some reason... There's a lot of Italian clubs out there. They get their money when they first get in the tournament, and then they don't care after that. And it doesn't make any sense to me. That that's what it feels like. And you know, you get some you get some good bonuses as you go through and progress into the rounds. I just think, for some reason, it's an Italian snobby thing to me. You think they're that they think that they're better than this tournament? I think so. I don't know. I strongly I think disagree so. with that. No, I just I, think I just so. think. I think it's a, it's a it's obviously a multifactorial, but a big part of it is 
and I'm bringing it back to this to come full circle, to circle back here, I'm going to talk about the Italian teams need to reinvent themselves. They only, what I see from a lot of the Serie A teams is they only know how to play one way when it comes to these big competitions, which it can't happen. You look at uh, Real Madrid, you look at Bayern Munich, you look at Man City, Liverpool. Uh, these are guy. These are teams that got two sets of players, a league set of players and a Champions League tournament set of players. Yes, not only that though, but you know when we think of Liverpool, yes, we think of what do they do really well? High press. What do we think of Bayern Munich? What do they do really well? High press. What do we think of Real Madrid? They keep possession of the ball really well. But what these... That's their plan A. Their plan B, though, is top-notch, too. They d- they know how to play more than one way. They know how to score in multiple different variations. They don't rely on just one player to get things done. I think in Italy, we have the mentality of relying on Lukaku, relying on Ronaldo, relying on Zlatan. It, it always comes down to one guy has to be the difference maker. But in these teams, it's a team effort. And these teams have multiple ways of playing the game. If possession doesn't work, we sit back, we counter. If that doesn't work, we play high press. They have many options. So I don't know. If, I don't know if the coaching is enough to snub in City at. The players are good enough, I believe. I don't think it comes down to players. I, I truly do believe it does come down to the coaching. Um, I just think the coaches haven't adapted to the. I'm going to say the modern football, if we want to call it that. Jose Mourinho is kind of falls into this category too at Tottenham. His teams only play one way successful, yeah. Yeah. and they're not adaptable. Uh, and I think that's really what's holding back the Italian teams. Yeah. But I can't. But be- I can't believe City uh, did not win one game in the Champions League. I can't believe it. Roma was the only team in Europa League to win. So yeah. out of out of six Italian teams, only Roma win. It's uh. It's pathetic from the Italian teams. I'm going to say it again. It's a mentality thing. Yeah. It's totally a mentality thing. Lazio, I can guarantee you the mentality with Lazio is we know we're out. Let's focus on top four. This is just a pain for us. So is Simone Inzaghi as good as he looks in Serie A? Is he that good of a coach? No. I don't think so. I I think he's okay. I don't think he's a coach that's going to win you championships. He's like another Stefano Pioli or Luciano Spalletti, who I love so much because I always mention him. Yeah. Um, like when you like when you look historically, when you look at these teams, you look at teams. You look, remember when Udinese was always clinching top four and they were going through the qualification round. They made the group stage. Did they really care? No. Yeah. They got their money. See you later. Who are the teams that care? Teams that know that they can make a difference. Who are the teams that? Why does Juventus seem like they're the only team that focuses for the past, in my opinion, ten years in Champions League? And here's my reason why: the past ten years, who has Juve had to compete with for the Scudetto? No one, because they've walked away. So what can they focus on? We got the Scudetto. We can focus on the Champions League. Atalanta wanted to make a statement. When did Inter turn the switch on for the Europa League? When Inter knew the Scudetto, last year, Inter turned on the switch for the Europa League when they knew the Scudetto was out of reach. Sorry. Like, that's my opinion. But maybe that comes down to poor, it, it comes down to poor coaching. They're not able to multitask. It's a mentality Multiple thing. tournaments. Yeah, mentality thing. Yeah. Like Conte, I would love to see yes, this Conte. And I, agree I would you. love to see this Conte team now in Champions League. I think if this team if now. If they played like this, yes. They would have came out of that group. Yes. But I feel like. Conte is a coach who I said reinvented himself. This was a huge learning he curve. Had to. The season was a huge learning curve for him. Because yeah. every team he's gone to, he's had the money to spend. 
Yeah. At Juve, Chelsea backed him with money and players. The real test. Inter has money, but not the same pull. Well, let's see the real test. Next year. We know you Inter's going to be in the Champions League. So let's see if they make it out of the group next year. Yeah, and we will see it. Let's see if... Because it's going to be Antonio Conte. So let's see if he... That's always been his Achilles heel, is his knockout competitions. He's been so poor. That at. comes down to mentality. So what... Lack of preparation. But what does City have to do then to get back to what it was in the early 2000s, the 90s, when City was dominating? It, it's, more to, it's more than just money because the Italian teams spend money. Yeah. They spend a lot of money. Yeah, they do. What has to change? What people happened? people say in Italy all they bring is it is they bring in too many old players and the best teams play young players. That's BS. Serie has some of the youngest teams in the league. Yeah. Serie has the highest goal scoring league in the top five. Yeah. So it's not a matter of not it's, being offensive, it's different not having this enough year. young players. Serie this year is different. City But this we're still underperforming. Well, Europe wise, it takes time, Jules. No, of course it takes time. It takes but time. Serie is now exciting. I, I've always been a fan of City. I live and breathe it. But we know in the past 10 years, we've kind of been in a lost identity with City. We haven't, yeah, we haven't been anywhere near the Premier League, La Liga, even the Bundesliga. We haven't been anywhere near those leagues. We're starting to close the gap, but it takes time. So for the first time in a long time, we have a top four race or even top seven race where it's so tight in the top seven. This is the first time in almost ten years that we've had this. That's gonna you're gonna see it translate years down the road into next year, into the year after. So That's you think City A is getting better at, at at the bare minimum? It will get better. It will get better. When you look at the teams that won, when you look at the teams that won Champions League from City A, like AC Milan, what was AC Milan doing? Were they winning Scudettos? No. Yeah. They were close, but they knew the Scudetto race was done, so they were focusing on the Champions League. That that's for some reason, in my opinion, that's the Italian mentality, and it's been that way since I was a kid. Since we were kids, since seeing the UEFA Cup, when Parma made that magical run for the UEFA Cup, what was Parma doing in the league? Nothing, right? Why did Roma beat Braga? Because Roma knows how hard the top four is, and yes, I'm I'm not saying this as a biased Roma fan. Roma knows how hard the top four is. They know they have this path as well. Take advantage. And, and that's a crazy thing. I truly do believe it comes down to the managers. I don't think a lot of them are good enough. They're good in City, yeah, they look good, but a lot of them are not good enough in the, on the world stage. That's what makes me laugh when they say Roma has to get rid of Fonseca. Yeah. Fonseca is one of the only foreign managers in the league. In the league. And look and what he's done with Shakhtar. He's, he's been regularly in Champions League. Exactly. Regularly in Europa Successful League. Successful with them. Yeah. Roma wasn't supposed to be anywhere near the top four yeah. this season. He has him in third. Well, fourth or fourth now. right now. Should be third after. And, should we're, be and we're talking about getting rid of this guy. It's it's a it's insane. Uh-huh. I I agree. I think it's a little bit of a mentality thing. It's a it's definitely I think a management thing in yeah. Serie A. The managers are not good enough. Um there's a select few really great Italian managers like Allegri. And Celotti. And Celotti is one of them. We, we can see what he's doing with Everton. I'm kind of going to throw Sadi in there. He did win the Premier League, so he's not a bad yeah. manager. I don't care what his experience is. And I'm going to throw Mancini in there. Yeah, Mancini's outstanding. He's got to come back in the club He football. won the Premier League. He's yeah. won Serie A. Conte, too, I, th- I think he's a good manager, not one of the best. But I think if he wins the Scudetto, he will go down as one of the best Serie A coaches ever because he's done it uh, 
with Juve. He's done it with Inter. He's broke the nine-year dominance of Juve. Yeah. And he's done it with an Inter team that's been underwhelming for the past decade. Yeah. Which will be a huge statement. The top teams in Italy don't have the best coaching right now. I'm, well, I'm sick of seeing Serie A being destroyed in the media, saying it's not good enough, it's a farmer's league, this and that. Serie but you're a hearing that quality. from people that only know the Premier League, so uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. Fair. These are people that only watch one league, and they think it's the best in the world. Yes, you got all these international players. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I It's not that I hate the, the Premier League. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. It bores me. Because I know it's going to come down to Manchester City or or Manchester United or or Chelsea sometimes or Liverpool. But I really don't care about the Premier League. Sorry. I don't care about La Liga because it's always Barcelona, Real Madrid. Sometimes they'll throw an Atletico Madrid here and there. And yes, you're always oh, Italian, Juve last nine years. Yes, but that's changing. It's changing now. Look at the top four. Tell me a more exciting league in the top four where it is so tight. Tell me. There no, isn't. There isn't a top. There top, isn't. There isn't a tighter top seven. There league. isn't a tighter top seven. You want to talk about Bundesliga? It's Bayern Munich's league. And they just bought their rival's best player. <laughs> so there you go. So um, let's move on from Let's that. move on. Let's move on from that because I know we're going to hear a lot of flack for what I said about the Premier League. So. Just, that's just my opinion. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just how I feel. No, that's good. You need an opinion. That's just how I feel. I don't watch it because I don't like it. I like the city ah because it's what I've worked with all my life. So, so. let's let's go through these fixtures quick. Yeah. The weekend fixtures before we uh, make this podcast a bit too long. Yeah, let's let's move on. Friday game canceled. Yeah, Parma or sorry, Sassuolo Torino. Torino Sassuolo, COVID riddled Torino, so they've decided to postpone the game which is, uh, you know, unfortunate, but uh, needs to happen. It's been postponed to March 17th, I believe, um, which I think is St. Patrick's Day. So, right on. Uh, right. So first game, Spezia Parma. Yeah, Spezia Parma. This is a big game for both teams. This is another big game. Spezia, who dropped, like we said, 24 points. Yeah. Parma, 10 behind. Yeah. Uh, a win can do a, a big... Uh, Big thing for Parma right here. It can go a long way. Yeah. What do we, we expect? This Spezia is hot and cold. Ah, uh, they're going to bounce back. You think an easy bounce back for them? Uh, I don't think it'll be easy. I think Parma know how des Parma's desperate for something. Desperate for something. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be a draw in my opinion. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say draw two. I think Parma do get a point out of this. Yeah, if Parma get a point, Spezia get a point, they'll both be happy uh, with that. Perfect. Next fixture, Bologna, Lazio. Madonna. What do we see from Lazio here? Lazio, uh, or we'll see. They're, they have a few injuries, I believe. Sixth place, Lazio, 43 points. Twelfth place, Bologna with 25 uh, Lazio, like we've said, have only lost one game so far this season. Yeah. I mean, uh, this year in the Serie A against Inter. And Bologna have only lost two games, I think, in their last six. Yeah, they're kind of on a roll. And uh, Lukas Kurupski is a big reason why. He is. So does he continue this? Are Bologna able to get a result against Lazio? Well, to be honest with you, I don't think so. A lot more riding on this Lazio team uh, in this game than Bologna. Uh, I think they've shut up shop in the Champions League. They got to focus on the Serie A, mentality-wise. So, 
I think Lazio are going to see a big victory for them here. Yeah, I agree. Lazio are undefeated in the last 15 matches against Bologna. So oh, yeah. I think an easy Lazio uh, victory here. Yeah. And then uh, so Next match. This yeah. is a tasty little fixture. Saturday afternoon. Go for it. Verona, Juventus. Yeah, see, this one's not going to be straightforward. This is not going to be straightforward at all. Because this Hellas Verona team, whether you like them or not, they're such a difficult team to play against. They have the only thing is down. they've dipped a bit. They've dipped a bit and they got a plug up front that can't <laughs> that can't score on the net if it was uh fifty feet wide. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I you know what? I think that's gonna be their downfall in this game. Hmm. Unless Yurich changes something. If you see Kevin Lasagna start, you are gonna walk away with this game. If you see Kevin Lasagna coming off the bench or sitting on the bench for this game, I think you're going to see a draw. That's how much of a difference this guy makes. Like playing a man down. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's true. Ver- Verona have won their last three home matches. Um, they've been conceding a lot of goals. Well, that's the only problem. 2.5. Yeah. Marco Silvestri, he He's hasn't been the same. Off. He's fallen off big time. I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say a draw here. Uh, okay. They drew last time yeah. earlier in the season. I think we're going to get another draw here. Well, as a Roma fan, I hope it happens. I hope the draw happens. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to lasagna. He starts or he plays, Juve wins. He sits on the bench, there's going to be a draw. That's my opinion. Fair enough. Uh, so, Giuliano said he's going to take the draw, and I'm telling you, it's probably going to be a Juve win because lasagna is going to play. <laughs> Hands down. Um, so, Sunday morning, 6.30 in the morning, Santoria hosting Atalanta. Uh Atalanta realistically do not show up to these kind of games. No, Sampdoria realistically do show up to these games. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. And I'm going to go against the grain here. And I think they're. I think Claudio Ranieri is going to get a draw of this game. I hope. Yeah, might. Atalanta have only had one loss in their last 14 games. Uh, so they're on fire. They've hit a, a nice streak. Yeah. Um, Sampdoria, on the other hand... They've only scored two goals in five of... Sorry, they're not the highest-scoring team, is what I was trying to say. And they do concede quite a bit. But at the same time, yeah, Atalanta is weird when they do approach these games. The last time they played, Sampdoria won 3-1. How does that even happen? But I'm going to take Atalanta. I don't think they lose back-to-back games coming in from Champions League. I think they come in and make an example of Sampdoria. So, Juliano said, take Atalanta. I'm telling you, take the draw. Next game. Udinese hosting Fiorentina. This is a weird one. You have uh, Udinese 13th, Fiorentina 14th, both on 25 points. Both yeah. 25 goals for, 33 goals against for Udinese, 35 for Fiorentina. Draw. When's the last time they played? Coppa Italia, Fiorentina won, and then Fiorentina beat them already. I'm going to lean again towards a Fiorentina victory then. I'm telling you to take a draw. Game doesn't matter anyways. Now... <laughs> this is a big game. Inter hosting the man in the shades. Genoa. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is where the wheels yes, are falling off the bus. This is where the wheels fall off. Okay. This, no, I know. I this know. This joke of a manager here. Okay. Holy. Take, take no, it listen, easy. Ballardini. Take is, it easy. He has had horseshoes so far up his colon. <laughs> they're going to get pulled right up by Conte. <laughs> it's over for him. It is over. Inter's on fire. They've been scoring goals galore. The best, one of the top scoring teams in Europe, which we've said a million times. They're going to run over this Genoa team. 
Genoa is not getting a goal in this game. No chance. No chance. Well. And after they lose this game, Genoa, they're going to drop right down the standings too. Yeah, but not much. They can afford to lose a couple of games. They're coming up against a red-hot Inter. Yeah, it's... Uh... Inter have five clean sheets in a row. Yeah. Don't concede anymore, and they score lots of goals. Yeah. I'm sorry. This only goes one way. Yeah, no, it does only go one way. I agree with you. It only goes Inter's way. Genoa's going to get hammered. It's hands down. So we're both trying to take Inter. Now let's talk about the relegation battle. Crotone hosting Cagliari. Madonna mia, this game is going to be a good game. Because they're going to go... Semplici's first game. They're going to go all out. They will. Both teams are going to go all out. You know who's going to win this? Who? Crotone. Wow. So Giuliano said to Crotone. I'm actually going to tell you to Cagliari. New coach. Yeah, that's true. You're only five points out of it. You have to go for it. This is the team you have to beat. Yeah, you don't... Uh, this this is the season right here, this game. This game for Cagliari is the season. If you have any hope of surviving and moving into Serie A and staying in Serie A, you got to beat the worst team in the league. If you don't, a draw or a loss is Serie B for them. So I'm going to take Cagliari for that reason. Yeah, it's going to be hard. The last time they played, 4-2 Cagliari won. Mind you... Uh it wasn't a convincing one, even though it was four goals. When, uh, you, when you look at the players, you look at the goalkeepers, you look at everything, Kaladi edges them out everywhere, aside from the fact that they leak goal-scoring opportunities. But that should shore up with Godina and Rugani at the helm. So, Who's been a complete disappointment, Rugani. Well, but yeah, I'll, I'll give, I'll so give, uh, <laughs> give Kaladi... I'll give Kyle. Oh, you're gonna give Kyle. So we're you both changed time, my mind. We're both trying to take Kyle. Now, before we move on to the most massive game of the week, let's talk about the second last game: Napoli hosting Benevento in the Campania Derby. Yes. <laughs> I honestly, this should be a routine, but I don't know what to make out of it because Napoli's a mess. Napoli's got a game today against Granada, coming up against a Benevento team that stole a point from Roma, and yeah. And uh, it's kind of riding a high right now, right? Yeah, the only thing Napoli got going for them is that they've been on a three-game winning streak at home. Uh, Benevento have drawn their last three matches, so they're not, you know, Benevento have kind of locked up their defensive situation. They're not, no longer losing games outright as much. Uh, they are staying more competitive in the full 90 minutes. It's tough because this Napoli team just went into uh, Retiro. I think yeah. they come out of this at home. Yeah, They have to get a result here. Yeah. If they don't, Gattuso is definitely gone. And Napoli have quality. Giri's Maritans might be coming back actually for this game. Uh, so I will give the edge to Napoli in this. Yeah. Okay. I will. Just because they're at home. If they weren't at home, I'd say a different result. Yeah. Even though it's not much of a difference just going up and down the road there. But. Well. I'm going to tell you that uh, I'm going to go against the grade here. I think Benevento's going to steal another one. I'm going to say a draw here in nice. the Campania Derby. Nice. Now, let's talk about this game. I got some interesting stats about this game for let's you. Let's hear them. Roma, everybody, is hosting AC Milan in the most important game of the weekend. Hands down. For both teams. For both teams, yes. Roma's top four hopes hinge on this game. Milan Scudetto hopes hinge on this game. I'm going to throw this in here too. Milan's top four hopes are in this game. Are in this game as well. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Now, for those of you that say it's going to be, be a Milan walkthrough, Roma's garbage against a top seven, 
Let me tell you guys something. They are garbage against the top seven. Let me tell you guys something. The reason why <laughs> let me tell you something. This game, and this is why I tell you that Roma are gonna turn the corner against these teams. Majority of those games were on the road. Roma is one of the worst road teams in Syria this year. Their away record, they're 11th in Syria. Four wins, two draws, five losses. That's abysmal. But then, you look at their home record. They are the best team in the league. Nine wins, three draws, zero losses, 31 goals for, only 13 against. I think those three draws came against the top teams. <laughs> no, no. Came against you. Well, Juve was one of them. And I think Inter, because you guys played us at home. Yeah. Yeah, because I said Inter wasn't going to win that game. But on the other hand, you got Milan, who's one of the, who is the best team, on the best road team in the city, with nine wins, one draw, one loss. So this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting game. And uh, just with the way the form has been, health-wise, Roma-wise, I, I worry about the defense. I also, on the other hand, know that AC Milan's been figured out. The Stefano Pioli bounce back. I don't know. I don't know. This is this is a season-defining game for both teams. And I'm going to go against the grain here because I know how important this game is for Roma. Are it's, they going to have a healthy back line? this game i hope so <laughs> i don't think so though um i just think that this roma team can hold this milan team they're so one-dimensional it's going to be zlatan or nothing i think you're going to see liao play it all depends on what happens today too there could be injuries that come up in the games today against for roma braga and That's milan true. and red That's star right well. which can be season like which can totally change the outlook of this game and I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, he's a Roma fan. He's, of course he's going to pick Roma. Here's your statement from Roma. We're going to win this game. Well, this Milan team is in shambles, and I've been talking about it for a long time. It's finally happening. Just to add some more stats to the uh, fire here. Here we go. AC Milan. So this is the record against the top seven. I have it right here. Here we go. AC Milan have played seven games against the top seven opponents. They have three wins, one draw. That one draw? Three losses. Yeah. 12 goals for, 16 against. Yeah. Roma, on the other hand, abysmal. Roma, on the other hand, in seven games played, three draws, four losses, no wins. Eight goals for, 20 goals against. Four of those losses four came losses. on the road. Okay. Came on the road. Yes, fair enough. So three draws at home. They picked up a measly three points in seven games against top opposition. Milan, on the other hand, 10 points against top seven. Their best performer for goal scores and against top seven opponents, none other than Ibra, the one and only. Uh, purely relying on him a little bit too much. Uh, Roma's most successful goal scorer in the top seven games, Veretu. Jordan. Not, which isn't good. He shouldn't be. Uh, the most creative players for both teams, Leao, believe it or not. He's got picked up the most assists against top seven. And Mikatarian for Roma, no surprise there. Uh, both teams have two penalties each in these big fixtures. Milan, the only way they win this game is if Leao starts behind Ibra. If Pioli makes the same mistake of playing Hakan behind Ibra, I think Roma wins this game. If Leao plays behind Ibra, the way I know Roma like to play, they like to control the ball, especially if Ibanez is back. 
cycle it around the defense, do those long diagonal passes, get it up to the top. Uh, Roma can do damage. But if Mkhitaryan, I mean, if uh, Hakan is the one behind Ibra and you get rid of that speed through the center, I don't think Milan does anything. So this game, for me, hinges on, one, if Roma's defense is going to be healthy for this game, and two, if Leao is uh, going to be starting behind Ibra. Okay. So Giuliano is t telling you a lot of factors come into this game for him, and yes. I'm telling you to take Roma. Because to <laughs> me, to me, attacking-wise now, yes. Striker-wise, we're lacking. Zeko, Mayoral. You might even see Zeko start this game. It all depends who starts today in Europa League. The other guys got to start the game on uh, the game on the the game at the end of the week match yeah. day. Yeah. So, but here's where the difference comes in: Lorenzo Pellegrini, Henrik Mkhitaryan, and you got uh, two other guys on the bench that can come off and make a difference. And I'm talking about Pedro. And I'm talking about this one guy who's my wild card, who's got a point to prove against this team that gave up on him. And I'm talking about Stefano Sharawi. Here's a guy that's so hungry to make a difference because he wants to make the Euro team. He's happy to be back in Italy. And what I saw in those five minutes that he came on, what he did to Benevento by himself, you're going to see a lot more of that now. Fonseca's slowly bringing him in. So to me, I think we have more options there. I think... Defensively, healthy-wise, if we can isolate Ibra, I think we can. He doesn't have the speed, and we'll see. I mean, uh, but to me, I think Roma's going to win this game. I think this is this is where Milan's, the shambles, are happening. <laughs> so, I'm All trying right. to take Roma. For now, uh, so that basically wraps that up. Uh, the one thing I do want to talk about real quickly before we wrap it up. I know we've gone on long, and I do apologize. Uh, but uh, the Canadian uh, Soccer Association has released its, uh, its preliminary roster for Olympic qualifying uh, for uh, the CONCACAF region. And there's quite a few players in there from uh, the CPL, so it's great to see that. The one person I want to shout out, one of the six goalies called up for this preliminary roster, is none other than our boy Sebastian Brezza on Bologna. When you look at the other players, you look at the other goalkeepers that are on here, Matthew Noguera from Maritimo, that's another big one, um, and Nicola Curcia from Le Havre, from Ligue 2. Le Havre. Yeah, Ligue 2. Um, and then you got Thomas Hassel from Vancouver, James Pentemis from Montreal, and Dane St. Clair from Minnesota. I'm sorry for me, hands down. Brezza, Curicia, and Noguera got to be the three goalies for me. Sorry. These yeah. guys have – I'm not I'm not hammering down on the MLS. I'm really not. But I'm saying these guys have all made it in Europe, and they deserve this exposure. And – I made a comment on the Canadian Premier League uh, fans group on Facebook about Sebastian Brezza. And there was another gentleman that uh, knew who he was, and thank you for that. But it's shocking to me how many people do not know who Sebastian Brezza is. This guy's made it in Europe. He's, he's, he's been in Italy forever since he was, since he was young, playing him for the likes of Palermo and and all these other teams that that made it. This guy's been on the bench for for a Serie A team. 
in Bologna, which is the top five league in Europe, this guy deserves a look. Please look at this guy, and you will see that you have such a bright... This guy is going to be the heir to Milan Borjan. Mark my words. This guy is going to be the heir. This guy's the future. Please, for the love of God, look at this guy in this camp. Please. <laughs> That's all, right. all I have to and say I think that, that wraps up everything for today. Yeah. That wraps up everything for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our podcast uh, yes. um, with Marco, Mashke, and Dave. Uh, we got plenty more coming up with them uh, talking about youth development. So for those of you that haven't listened to it, listen to it. You get to know Marco's experience uh, with, with youth development throughout the world. And the one thing that Marco does say um, is he says the youth talent in Canada since he's first saw it in the early 2000s is incredible. We are up there with European youth at 15 and 16. So there is a drop-off after that into the senior team. We're going to try and find out why that is and see if we can solve it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we will be uh, be able to solve it ourselves, but uh, yeah. give a listen to it. Yeah. So until right, next time. Yeah. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Enjoy the games. Forza Roma. You suck Milan. Yeah, yeah, yeah.